Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 14th episode of Limerick Junior Soccer Focus with myself, Adrian Finnan, and once again joined by Aidan Ryan as we dissect all of the FEI Cup action from last weekend and also look ahead to a raft of fixtures in the, the Premier League as well as a Munster Junior Cup fixture uh, for Fairview B against Tremor this weekend. So we'll have uh, plenty to preview as well on top of that. Aidan, I suppose the big news story to come out of, of the weekend was the exit of last year's runners-up in the FEI Junior Cup, Pike Rovers, who were defeated by a Tipperary outfit, Peak Villa, after a penalty shootout. The game ended to all in, I suppose, just from reports from the likes of yourself, a typical gritty Pike display to stay in the game, levelled late on, uh, Peak scoring two very good goals. But we did flag this game, obviously, last week, Aiden, as a really dangerous game for Pike, just because of the, the form and, and the, the energy that Peak would bring to it. And, and it worked out that way in the end. Peak never gave up and, and went all the way to the end. Yeah, we've we've been saying it for a few weeks, Adrian. This this Peak Villa team are are uh, an up and coming side, doing very well in the in the Tip South League, and doing very well in the cups. And um, they've been kind of there or thereabouts the last few years in terms of the FEI, last thirty two, last sixteen. So this is always going to be a tough fixture for Pike. Um, horrendous conditions, Adrian. I know you were at a game yourself where the conditions were just as bad. It was absolutely horrendous above in the Pike Field Sunday. I mean, I I I had been saying to people at one stage in the second half, it was so dark and the rain was coming down so bad I could barely see the other end of the pitch from where I was. So it was really tough on both sides. Having said that, I really enjoyed it. the cup game, Adrian. It was a real cup game. The sides got got stuck into each other from the start. Uh, Peak Villa were playing with a with with a very strong breeze and. What what I will describe as the as the lighter showers in the first half, they're driving into the club in the, at at Pike, so they they tended to dominate um, possession, um without without creating a without creating huge amount of stuff really, but they got a fantastic goal by Stephen O'Carroll to take the lead. He um re, a very good player Stephen O'Carroll, and used the the pace of the ball that came across the. The box to him and the breeze, the heavy breeze to um hit a beautiful shot into the top corner, a dip just underneath the crossbar from about twenty five yards, and it gave uh, Gary Neville had no absolutely no chance with it. He he literally didn't move; it just flew into the top of the net. They probably deserved it on their first half display. Pike were very disappointing in the first half. Adrian lumping a lot of ball into the wind, uh, with, without any productivity behind us. Um, not not too sure what the game plan was really in the first half. I mean, you had Shane Walsh playing in front of the back four, and if you have a guy like Shane Walsh playing in in front of the back four, I I assume you have him there to to get the ball off the centre halves and get the ball off the full backs and try and keep it nice and tidy and nice and short. And I know the conditions are poor, but he didn't get near the ball in the first half, and even when he did, um. Peak Villa played Mike Ryan. They played a 4-2-3-1 Peak Villa and they had Mike Ryan, who you're familiar with from his time at Jamesborough, mm. playing in the middle of that three. And he himself, uh, Stephen O'Carroll, and the very impressive Keith Cahill on the right were pressing high up the pitch. And uh, even if even if you did get, try to get on the ball, you weren't giving much time on it. But I just thought Pike's tactics in the first half weren't great. And a lot of, a lot of players playing well below par and not giving uh, Peak Villa much to, to worry about, or, or uh, the, not giving Peak Villa much to worry about in terms of an attacking force. 
They had one one chance there, Jim. That was a Colin Daly header, which kind of went harmlessly wide. There wasn't enough power in it. So Peak Villa were full value in the first half of that one nil uh, one nil lead, Adrian. Yeah, I know that. Um, you know, it's it, it's probably soul destroying, I suppose, now for Pike because you know people have been writing the obituaries against Pike maybe for the last three to four years. Uh, it maybe almost hoping because of the age profile that you know they wouldn't make it to this round of the, like they've often, as we've mentioned, been in the latter stages like last year of the FAI when they probably weren't expected to. Um. You know, if you were to look at it, uh, Aidan, judging by league form, if you didn't see any games, you'd probably say this is a big shock with Pike going out. But I suppose in terms of actually how they played in, in recent weeks going up to it, there, there were, you did have a fear and you did mention that uh, uh, about this game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, in the second half, to be fair to them, Adrian, Pike did what they do best. They, they started to get at peak, a lot of long balls into the box. Eventually wore them down. Uh, Robbie Williams made made three or four change. I think four changes at once, bringing himself on. That proved some of that proved fruitful. Some of it didn't, in my opinion. Certainly bringing himself. I thought he was excellent when he came on himself, and he scored the goal um, from the free kick. I thought, I thought the wall was lined poorly now by the peak goalie Adrian. I thought he left a bit of a gap there, and uh, Robbie Williams took took full advantage of it. And when that goal went in, you felt. Well, this is a typical Pike. They'll they'll uh, they'll just grind them down now and wear them down towards the end of the match. I was full sure they were going to win after getting that goal at the end. Then, yeah, and 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 the general consensus with with the Pike supporters and and you know neutrals from Limerick there was that was that that was going to happen. Now they they continue to dominate. They missed a few great chances, Adrian. Steve McGann just a header over the bar. Kevin Barry had come on. Before that, actually, uh, Aaron Murphy made a, missed a, a guilty chance at the back post. Kevin Barry missed one after that as well. But Peak had a little golden spell, Adrian, for about 10 or 12 minutes just after Pike scored. And they, 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 they were pushing hard down Pike's left, which I felt uh, with the change Pike made had, had weakened a bit. And Keith Cahill... And Mike Ryan, Stephen O'Carroll, they were making inroads down that side of the pitch, slowly but surely. The goal they got was absolute peach. It was like the first goal they got. Uh, second phase, Keith Carroll got the ball in the right. Pike didn't defend it particularly well. He a pinpoint cross, an absolutely beautiful cross to the back post. And the veteran defender, Alan Leahy, who turns 40 this year, came in at the back post and absolutely powered the ball into the roof of the net. And you felt in, you know, would Pike come again? Obviously, you were feeling Pike would come again, Adrian, and put pressure on. But you just had that feeling. I had that feeling that Pike were going to see it out. It was just one of those games where even though they were physically smaller, Adrian, didn't have the height complex that that, uh, Pike had, didn't have the physicality Pike had. But they had given everything. They'd been given everything. Well-organised throwing their bodies in front of the ball, had a bit of luck here and there with a few latch-dish tackles and interceptions and Pike not taking advantage of the pressure they put on. But right at the death, into injury time, Pike, typical Pike again, got a free kick 50 yards out, uh, ball put into the box. I actually thought it, it went straight into the net, but I was informed afterwards that Pat Mullins had got a nick in us. Yeah. But no saving us. The power of the free kick, it was driven hard. Obviously, Pat Mullins got... A slight deflection on it with his head, 
and it just flew past the flew past the pike goalie, and that was devastating for Beek. But like you say, you shouldn't be surprised, Adrian, with Peak. You know, they're a good yeah. side. Haven't are unbeaten this year. Have beaten Michaels. Have beaten Clamwell Town, and a uh, lot of youngsters with a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of pace, and you have a little bit of toughness in there. Little bit, bit of experience, football experience with Alan Lee at centre half, and the aforementioned Mike Ryan and Stephen O'Carroll. Yeah, I, I tell you that any Limerick team that is remaining probably won't be relishing the the fact that they could face Peakville in the next round. That's for sure. Um, unfortunately, we're we're starting on on two dour notes, I suppose. In that, there's another team. I I was at the game in Portland Park on Sunday, and where Somerville Rovers obviously a historic day for Somerville Rovers uh, taking on Goy Rangers, who were much fancied as we know going into the tie on Sunday. As you said, absolutely horrendous conditions, particularly in the second half. First half looked okay, but you could just feel the the clouds enveloping over the ground. Um, horrible start for, for Somerville. What, what, the one thing we talked about last week, Aidan, was the, the fact that Somerville needed to maybe not concede for at least the first half an hour, maybe the first half. They conceded two goals within seven minutes. Um, the first goal literally after a minute. And then, of course, Corey Rangers hit the post from a header. Uh, they also hit the crossbar. And there was another save from, from James O'Connor and a clearance off the line. This all happened in the first 15 minutes, Aidan. It was incredible, really. You were thinking that Corey would go on and, and hit for six. But to... In, to Credit Mark Blake and his team in fairness when they were 3 0 down because they did concede another goal. Stephen Coyley scored a, a very good goal from his point of view. Not so sure should the goalkeeper Alex Umber have done much better with that, to be honest. It was like he was uh, glued to the floor uh, when the ball sailed in. I'm not sure if you've seen it yourself, but um, yeah, so uh, uh, 3 1 at half time, you know, there was a bit of a, a fighting spirit in, in the Somerville team. And to be fair, considering Evan O'Grady, their captain was sent off maybe 15, 20 seconds. 20 minutes, excuse me, into the second half. You know, they showed a lot of fighting spirit to, to keep the score at what it was. Now, Gorey did have loads of chances. And actually, James O'Connor, who we, we've known from years ago with the likes of Geraldines, uh, had a great game in goals. I mean, probably show you what, what might have been. He's definitely probably a, a, could be a Premier-style goalie on his day, but he, he made some great saves to, to stop Gorey. But overall, uh, Aidan, it went the way we predicted if you were just looking at the result. But to be fair, I suppose Somerville 3-1, you know, against a team that, you know, normally get to the last eight, last 16 of the FAI. Uh, it's no, uh, no um, I suppose, no real criticism you could put against them on, a, on that scoreline anyway. No, absolutely not. And given what you've said, uh, with the sending off in the second half, a lot of Premier teams are really hurt you when that happens, Adrian. Mm. The 3-1 up and, and a player gets sent off, they, they'll, uh, they'll take advantage of that and, and, and hurt you big time. Just going back to James O'Connor, Adrian, I worked with James at Geraldine's. Mm. Uh, and and uh, he he's 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 a quality keeper. I suppose if you had a criticism about James, it's, it's his height. It's yeah. a pity he's not a foot or two taller. But a fantastic goalie, very confident in his own ability. So I'm glad he had a, a good game on Sunday. But look, Gory will have gone home. I spoke to somebody actually from Wexford last night, um, Adrian from another club in Wexford last night, and they actually mentioned that um, he had got around about the goalkeeper making a, 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 in, a from their point of view. A bit of a boo boo with the Somerville goal. Now that's not that's, that's no of no concern to Somerville. It it puts uh, certainly respectability on the scoreline. The fact that they scored, but a great um look a great achievement for Somerville to get that far. And I think Mark Blake will take loads from us. Hmm. And the big thing for him now is Adrian. You know we've said it before about these things. Can he bring that intensity that was obviously there for the last few weeks with training and stuff in preparation for this game? Can he bring it into the league? Because they want to get promoted. 
and uh, I see they're down to play a tough game Sunday morning yeah. mm. home to regional B and now so, they'll be missing Evan O'Grady in that one yeah well that's a tough fixture now so we'll, we'll see can they bring that into the match and can he get the motivation up again to get them uh, to get uh, to get a result out of that one yeah, absolutely. In fairness, it was probably a fairly professional job from Gory in front of a very healthy attendance, actually, as well, Aidan. In fairness, I know the club really pushed to get an attendance there. There was a, a couple of hundred there anyway, at least, and on a very uh, a tough Sunday in, in Portland Park. But um, they, I have to say there was a few Gory players, really uh, solid centre-backs. I'm not sure if you would have heard of them before, but Stephen Maloney uh, was one of them, and he actually scored. Uh, from a header, but they looked unbelievably uh, threatening. The tool of centre backs from set pieces all day long. Paul Brennan, the winger, uh, left winger, uh, really stood out as well. And his left back behind him, Glenn O'Brien, in the second half was uh, was a thorn in the side of Somerville, bombing up and down, especially when they had the extra man uh, all day as well. So you know, it, you can see why Gordy are you know consistently, even though a lot of people to me were saying afterwards, Gordy didn't look great. But if you look at it, at the game, they were training up after a half an hour. Uh, in, in the match as well did have a lot of chances and then the conditions kind of were a bit of a leveller with all due respect to Stormville as well in the second half so I can see why Gordy have made inroads particularly you know at home as well in, in the FAI But uh, just just for um, Maloney and Brennan now it's amazing that you've uh, mentioned those players as the standout players Adrian both on the Wexford Oscar trainer team in recent years so both quality players listen if you're the Gordy manager you're going home in the bus and you're saying to your players professional job done you know, mm. away from home, you know, if you're looking at it from their point of view, Adrian, away from home, tight pitch, heavy underfoot conditions, as we see, as you said, great to see a great crowd, a partisan crowd, they score three goals away from home, possibly, like you said, maybe could have scored one or two more, mm. they'll be delighted with that into the next round, they'll be over the moon with it, so uh, a, a, a good professional job by, by, uh, by Corey Adrian. Yeah, absolutely. And even though we started with doom and gloom on the Limerick front with two sides out, Aiden, it, did, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Uh, there were certainly a couple of routine victories, which we expected, thankfully, as well, for the Limerick sides. On Saturday, Balananti Rovers won 3-0 away in Everton, which we did flag as an expected win. We didn't know what way it would go. But again, you were just speaking about professional jobs of Gory, a professional job from Balananti as well. One of your old players, Adrian Power, on the score sheet again, the evergreen Adrian Power, and James Fitzgerald with two goals as well. And obviously, he'd be no stranger to, to the FBI uh, later rounds too. So, yes, a, a professional job done by Balananti and Cork. Yeah, I, I spoke to um, Ray McMahon, actually, Adrian, just after the, the the game, and he was on his way home, and they were delighted with the victory, clean sheet away from home, much like we flagged last week. Conditions are very poor down there, the pitch was in bad nick, but uh, he said they were just teasing each other out for maybe 20, 25 minutes, and he said once they got the, the lead goal, they played quite well, Ben Nanty, and got players on, on off the bench who contributed as well and made an impact when they came on. So a really good victory for them. Again, a clean sheet. Can't argue with that result away from home, Adrian. Yeah, absolutely. And another team who won away from home uh, with the same scoreline, 3-0, was Regional United. Now, you know, Dave Cowper reeled back in the years actually scoring two goals, which was probably unexpected. And we hadn't seen him in the last few weeks uh, either from, from injury, from what I believe. But he scored two goals. Now, your man Owen Duff was outshone by him uh, on the day. He did get on the score sheet, Aiden, but he didn't get uh, didn't get the three that you were hoping for, or possibly the four that you might have been hoping for. Yeah, I'm very disappointed with regional. I'm going to have to have a, going to have to have a word with uh, Sean and the lads about that. And uh, that Owen Duff, well, he's not much good, is he? One goal away. <laughs> Home against that crowd. Now, seriously, 
not a great victory. Listen, not a clean sheet. Three goals away from home. I'm I'm assuming uh I'm assuming the goals that uh David I uh, was it David Cooper was this yeah. got two. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming they were set pieces because I can't see him making a uh, a daisy run off the pitch beating four or five and hitting a thirty yard or into the roof of the net. I'm assuming there were corners or free kicks or something. But to be fair to you, you flagged last week that 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 could be a route to goal from, and um, it certainly was. And they're in the next round, and they'll be delighted with that again. You know, to 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 go up there and get a clean sheet and win so comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. Another Limerick side away. It was the away teams that all had the the, the <laughs> victories this weekend. But Fairview Rangers obviously kept their assault on the FAI. Uh, intact with a 2-0 victory over Manila. Stephen Bradley, another one of the players that you play or you managed actually with Jamesborough, scored uh, to give them one lead at half time. And then Jack Arra came off the substitute bench for Dar Rainsford and scored for Fairview as well, Aiden. Um, I suppose that just goes to show with evidence as to why the likes of Jack Arra were brought in. You're bringing him off the bench and he seals the victory for you. Yeah, and isn't, isn't it great to have that strength and depth um, that you can bring on a quality player Take off a quality player like Dara Rainsford and bring on the quality of, of Jack Arra. So it proves that in terms of the forward uh, department, so plenty of talent there. Again, what a victory, you know. It's it's another clean sheet. It it, mm. it it it's it's huge, like it's it's massive because it just breeds loads of confidence. You could be drawn away again in the next round. But you know, if you if you're the manager and the coach of that team and you, and your players in that team, that breeds confidence, keeping clean sheets away from home. Great to see Stephen Bradley on the on the score sheet. So safe from penalties as he has been the last couple of years. Another, another excellent win for a Limerick side. And look, we we have three in the last uh, thirty-two, Adrian, and uh, three three away great victories. Can't argue with that. It's it's brilliant for the Limerick District League. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose because you only have five, we'll say, district league teams out of town that generally go into the out of town uh, stages. And what do you make of having three teams in the last thirty-two? Is that a, is that a success? I think it is. Um, listen, you you know, normally when the four or five or five or six or whoever go out, it's only five go out, you'll always get one that'll get caught, you know. You can mm. get a hard draw. Look, as as it turns out, in Somerville's case, they got out and, and put up a decent fight against Gorey. But three's a decent representation. You'll be probably hoping that they um they stay apart in the draw um, and, and hopefully they'll get through the next round. Just on a side note, interesting to see Jeffrey Judge back in the Fairview team, Adrian, on uh, on Sunday mm-hmm. and played in midfield with Shane Duggan and Stephen Bradley. So we were kind of looking at that in the last couple of weeks, wondering what they would do in terms of um, the loss of AJ O'Connor. So Scott Kerwin obviously played um, left full, I, I would assume, looking at the mm-hmm. team. But uh, certainly doesn't uh, dampen the strength of the, the midfield. Yeah, certainly not. And speaking of Fairview Rangers, a huge weekend for Fairview Rangers on two fronts. And they've got a, a league game on Saturday evening away to Ashling and Akati. Uh, that, that starts at seven o'clock. And then firstly, I suppose I just wanted to talk about the, the Fairview Rangers B team who fa- faced, they're in fourth, of, fourth or fifth in Premier A. That's my own division. I probably should know that. But um, they're, they're, uh, they've had a, a fairly good start to that season. They have Tremor from Waterford, Aiden, who haven't made a brilliant start to their own league campaign. They've had two victories and four defeats, uh, 13 goals conceded as well. So they're eight out of 10 teams in their league. I suppose, look, when you have a home draw like that and you see a team who haven't exactly been firing in all cylinders, you look at that as a, a brilliant opportunity to, to go even further. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it's a tricky tie to call now this one, Adrian, because mm-hmm. Tremor are a very good football side and have always been a very good football side. They'll come up here and they'll, they'll play a lot of open football. They'll keep it on the floor. They'll build it from the back. Um, they, I think they beat Ballon Road in the last in the last round, 2 0. Ballon Road have been in the division with them as well, maybe yeah. maybe ahead of the league by a place or two. Yeah. yeah. And and they did have a good victory last weekend in the FAI because they're into the last thirty two of the FAI as well. The Bees, I think it was a was a Dublin team, Fairview Celtic, uh two one and Fairview Celtic from the UCL league and, and they've been unbeaten in fifteen or sixteen games, um um Fairview Celtic. So a decent win there. But like you said, their league farm has been poor. You know, they've they've lost they lost three or four in a row. I think they won the first two games in their league and they've lost three or four in a row since they've lost the Villa FC. They've lost to Dungarvan, Waterford Hibs, and Flurry Bank. So mm. the league farm has been poor, and like you say, conceding a few goals. Um, this this could be a good chance for Fairview B. And Fairview B is going to well. Leighton, they've already, you know, uh, sorry to interrupt, you know, but uh, you know they've had a very good um, win over Crew in in the last round as well. And without a goalkeeper, I think Bobby Tier played in goals for for Fairview Rangers uh, B team on the day. Yeah, and won comfortably three nil. Mm-hmm. And and also remember. Beat Somerville in the round uh, previous to that, didn't they? They beat Somerville on yeah. penalties. It was yeah. three all. So good pedigree from Fairview being this reasonable farm in their own league. Have won. Oh, Jay, my brain. I think they've won seven in their league, mm, and and was. lost three. So they're in decent league farm. Young team. Listen, they they could cause they could cause. Listen, it it could be a shock. You'd have to cause it a shock if they're going to be beating a, a, a Waterford Premier team. But a hard, hard game to call now, to be honest. It could be a tight game, very tight game. could be extra time. Definitely could be extra time. And I wonder, um, I, I assume that, that Kevin Kerwin, the Fairview Rangers B manager, will be putting a word into Paul Danaher that at all costs to avoid using any of uh, his players if needs be on, on, on Saturday night in the game that Fairview Rangers A play against Ashton Anacotti. Yeah, and listen, look, you'd expect them to, to, to give him a break on that score. Um the Fairview squad should be strong enough to uh, to cope on on Saturday evening with that league game. Listen, it's all it's all about that Fairview B team Sunday. To be fair, you know they have, they have a chance of advancing to the next round, and they they deserve the opportunity to have the strongest squad available for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've mentioned it a couple of times this year, but you know, I I, I hate maybe, maybe coming down hard on anyone or, or a club and be not full of doom and gloom but you have Ashley Anacotti hosting Fairview Rangers B and the noises coming out of Ashley Anacotti I suppose Aidan aren't great at the moment with the with the transfer window uh, we'll say upon us as well hearing all sorts of rumours and the common denominator seems to be Ashley Anacotti players leaving now I know um, and I could be stand, I stand could be standing corrected on this uh, Mikey Conlin has left Pike Rovers and is going to join Ashley Anacotti and I think Joel Costrain from 3D United is all but done as well to, to Ashley Anacotti. But there are rumours of a lot of players and a lot of senior players leaving Ashley Anacotti. Uh, so, you know, that would suggest that morale isn't very high um, at the club. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a tough time in the next few weeks out there, uh, Adrian. Fair enough with a couple of players coming in. Good old Limerick rumour mill, Adrian. If, if rumours are, are to be believed... Um, Anywhere from from uh, three to seven or eight players could be on the way out. Um, it certainly looks like there's at least three definitely going, possibly five, from what from from what I'm hearing. So that isn't boding well for morale. 
recent form hasn't been great either, Adrian. Listen, we were here four or five weeks ago and Ashling were top of the league. Um, and Ashling aren't top of the league anymore. I think they're down in fifth place now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's hard to know exactly what has taken place out there at the moment. No, they did, you know, they did get a point out of the last uh, recent league game against Nina and they beat Borough in the Tui Cup 2-0. So, yeah. Their, you know, last couple of results. I know they lost the pipe before that as well. So the last couple of results haven't been haven't been too bad. But this was a club we have to we have to say they had designs on on winning the league, Adrian. Not alone doing doing well in in uh, cups and getting to the outer stages of the FEI in the Munster Junior Cup, but uh, had designs on certainly being there or thereabouts in the league. And the way things are going at the moment, that is not going to happen because results haven't been good, and uh, the noise is coming out of there are uh, disconcerting to say the least so it's hard to see where, where they're going and you'd wonder as well in terms of in terms of type of football that they're trying to, uh, trying to play what kind of an identity they have you know when you when you speak about Fairview and you speak about Pike and you speak about Bala we know what kind of identity they have in terms of how they play and how they approach games and uh, I've been at a few Ashley matches and I'm, I'm not sure what, what kind of an identity they have in terms of how they, they approach games and how they play Adrian so I'm expecting Fairview to turn the screws uh, Saturday night. Um, Jeffrey Judge back, possibly, you know, you're looking at Reigns for Dallas and Cochrane up top, maybe Jack Arra. Um, I'm expecting him to turn the screw big time. And speaking of identity, maybe just going off the field rather than on the field at the moment, then Ashley Anacotti have put a, a lot of resources into the, the A team over the last maybe two seasons now, you know. Uh, we've mentioned obviously very decorated players and the likes of Thomas and Shane Clark going out there. Um, Shane Tracy's been there. Tony Whitehead, uh, Liam Quinn made a really good impact. I know he came from Maru, but he was well known uh, before that um, as well. Uh, obviously John Mulready too that you uh, were have managed with James, but all going out there. Um, now it looks like you know the majority of those players uh, without tempting fate could could be on the way out. But if it's not this transfer window, it might be at the end of the season anyway. You'd wonder, Aidan, is is it the case now with Ashley and Cody? Are they at this crossroads? Because we see the size of the club. They have an A team, a B team, a C team and a D team just in the junior leagues alone. I think the one time they wanted to put in an E team and they were told that you'd nearly have a team in every division. Um, so that, that couldn't happen. And then you obviously have the underage system as well there. Do you think it's a case now, Aidan, that maybe they should just uh, concentrate on instead of trying to get the more established players in, uh, you know, from other clubs that have went and done it and been successful that hasn't worked for them maybe the last year and a half two years do you think that they should just concentrate maybe on trying to bring the minors through try to get a better um, relationship maybe with the B team not suggesting that there isn't a good relationship there but you know trying to, to bridge that gap so that you know those type of players can come up seamlessly and, and be competitive in the Premier Well that was always like when we're, when we're speaking about identity Adrian I always felt and I, I presume most people around the city felt that was always their DNA Mm. Years ago, their DNA was always to to promote from within, and you'd always bring in a few one or two outside players, but they wouldn't have been the established players that have come in recently. And like you said, all of a sudden, huge resources went into the A squad in the last few years. Um, it 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 seemed to change when when uh, Mike Hearn was appointed manager there, when when the two Clarks and Shane Tracy arrived out into the squad. And then it just ballooned after that. Now, you know, they did bring in Shane O'Hanlon as manager after that. And if you were to bring in a manager 
to look after that side of things and deal with loads of established players. There's no doubt about it. He was the right appointment. Mm. And short term, it certainly worked in that they won the Munster Junior Cup under Shana Hanlon's management. Now, soon after that, Shana Hanlon saw fit to, to resign. And that's that's a big question. If you've, if you've um, invested in, in bringing in a manager of that calibre who has won trophies throughout his career and has the experience of dealing with established players that were at the club, uh, why would he see fit to resign? You know, I, I found that just absolutely mind-boggling. Um, since then, it has gone, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's gone steadily downhill. And I, I think they do need to revert to type. They, they need to revert to bringing in their younger players, having a bit of faith in them, maybe a couple of the more established, uh, experienced players, but not not players in their in their thirties and that. I would I would look for players maybe 27, 28, mm. bring them in to help them along, and uh, go in that direction. Because why would you have an academy and not use the players that are in it? And if you have you have players that are not ready maybe at 18 or 19, make sure they're in your, your uh, teams below that. Like you said, the B team, the C team, the D team, and give them a year's experience down there. And you'll almost pick one or two down there, Adrian, that will be good enough. And if you're a good enough coach and a good enough manager, you'll make good players out of them. And I think that's what they, they, uh, they need to do because at the moment, I just think the whole thing is dysfunctional. And that's the word I will use for it. It's, it's, it's totally dysfunctional. And it hasn't worked, in my opinion. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens, obviously, from the start of the transfer window, but obviously more longer term as well. Um, I, I brought us on to that subject, and we still have three games to discuss with only about eight or nine minutes to go in the, the Premier. It's a huge weekend uh, for both Munger and Jamesborough, and that's for sure. Uh, we do expect Shane Hanlon to make a couple of signings. We do believe that Dylan Kelly Higgins is signing from Balinanti already. That's all but confirmed too, um, but that's one signing. But anyway, just on the terms of the fixture... I mean, what way would you see this? Like, as Mungris, you know, I've been speaking to our manager, Richie Burke, and he's obviously aiming gung-ho for the likes, especially at home, for a win. But do you reckon that, obviously, for both sides, considering they have to play each other twice and all the other teams in the bottom half twice, do you think that not losing is probably as important for both of these teams? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think if the, if, if if Bodham come out with a point, they'd be quite happy with that. I think the win is probably more important for Richie than it is for, mm. um, for Shane. And I'm going to say that because I think as I've, I've said in the last weeks I think I, I always thought Shane was going to, to Shane Hanlon was going to improve his squad you've alluded to uh, one player that looks like he's coming in there I, I there's another player definitely confirmed since last night to come in and I reckon maybe another two might come in as well now they might be ready for this weekend maybe one or two might be ready for this weekend Um, so that that Borough squad is going to improve. Now, they still have to play, Adrian. You can get in the players. Yeah. But they still have, Shane has to get the best out of them. Shane Hannon has to get the best out of them and make sure they play for the club and that uh, that you pick up results. And if if we're being really cut short about it, Borough's farm hasn't been great. Um, hasn't been great, Adrian. You mm. know, got a, got a draw recently against um, Crew Park, wasn't it? That's right. You know, 1-0 till, till the last 10 minutes. I know they were disappointed. They didn't see out the win. It was an important point for them. But before that, lost to Coon at home. Uh, lost to Bala away. So, listen, do you know, the farm hasn't been great. So, Shane needs to pick it up. No, I think they will pick it up. I think they'll improve in the second half of the season. 
and uh, I fancied him to go on a run for Richie. Very important match. Certainly, certainly can't afford to lose it. There's no doubt about that. He needs to be picking up points. Um, the form hasn't been too bad, Adrian. You know, lost the Fairview two 0 put up a decent performance. Uh, was it regional? They lost in the Derby match yeah. again. Good last twenty minutes. Came back when it was two 0 down. Give got a goal back. But Adrian, no points. You know, yeah. I, I keep saying it. The moral victories are no good. You need points. You don't want to be relegated out of this division after getting up. And uh, Richie's a good manager. I've no doubt that he'll work his socks off to turn it around. But they're in a precarious position at the moment and he needs to put points on board. Absolutely. And I suppose, speaking of which, you have James were tipped, as we know, to, to win the Shield, which is your... Uh, lo- your love child, the Shield. But anyway, um, we have um, Charleville, who are my tip for it, uh, facing away against Crew Park, who obviously will be desperate for a win as well. Very patchy form, as we know too. Um, I, You know, Crew Park had the Indian sign over Charleville last year. They were league winners and beat them in the cup final and beat them in the t- both fixtures in the league. I know it's a different division. Um, hard one to call, Aidan, I'm not going to lie. I, I've set in defence with this one for a draw. I don't know what you think. I think on current form, Charleville might might just snatch us. Um, we saw them in the in the the cup game against Kuna. Adrian thought they played some fantastic football. Yeah. Deserved the win. I think they're playing well. You know, their last league game, I think they picked up a point with Kuna, didn't they? So listen, they've tightened up a bit. My big my big grab with them is is you know they're they're conceding goals, but they didn't concede against Kuna in the cup game. Drew with him in the league game. I think if, if Adam has his full squad available, they might nick the three points there. Crew haven't been active the last few weeks. So, you know, they might be a bit rusty. So it'll be interesting to see how that game turns out. I think Charleville just might snatch the points there. Yeah, and on a final game, obviously, um, we've, we've spoken in depth about Pike, but we haven't spoken too much about their opponents, Nina. Nina will, will face Pike. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, is this the third time both sides have played each other, but the first time in the league? First time in the league, didn't mm. they? Pike beat him in the two-week two, cup. Two-week cup, yeah. And was uh, there an FBI encounter as well? That was on penalties. And then yeah, the, yeah. I was at that game up in the Pike field and they won 2-0. So, yeah, yeah Pike have kind of dinged and sign over him a little bit. Nina are different, different gravy now this year, aren't they, Adrian? In fairness, yeah. yeah. Playing really well. Defence is nice and tight. Team is very fit. A lot of enthusiasm there. Reasonably good organisation. This isn't a gimme for Pike. And, uh, you know, Robbie Williams has a bit of work to do to get the morale up after after Sunday, after losing in the penalties and that extra time. And, you know, it's it's going to be a tough game for him. Oh, hard to call it. Could be a draw. Could be could be a draw. Pike might nick it, but could be a draw. Nina are capable of getting a point out of that game. But if Pike or if, if Williams can get him up for the game, they might, they might nick it. Yeah, I have Pike down for a one nil victory. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be like Pike to, to do it as we we've said on plenty of occasions. Uh, my thanks once again to yourself, Aidan, uh, for what is a packed show this evening, but we've got through it in the end. And obviously we hope that everyone can join us next week uh, as well as we review this weekend's action. And then a final weekend's action before the, the break hits for Christmas will be upon us. Uh, so we hope you can join us then. Thank you.